Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from Canada. Today is a somewhat different episode of the podcast but still connected to the Eurovision Song Contest, because we've uh, both watched a a musical, a live theatre experience, maybe more than a musical, strictly speaking. Yes. Um, called Eurobeat, the Pride of Europe. So it's a, a stage show slash musical, off West End musical kind of show, all based on our favourite song contest. Yes. Uh, this was my first fully virtual theater experience, so I think this is such a fun way to uh, get people back into theater and uh, live entertainment when we can't be there in person uh, because of COVID, of course. So uh, I thought that that was really fun. Yeah, it's a really good way to uh, get people into into theater. Like, um, I'm a massive. I've mentioned it a couple of times on the on the podcast. I like <laughs> a musical. I don't know if you've caught that. Yes, I have. I like musical theatre. I like ska music. Those are like two of my uh, constant traits. <laughs> what? <laughs> Chris likes ska music and musicals. No. I do know this about you now. Um, so yeah, I've seen Kinky Boots at the cinema. I've also seen it live. I've seen Everybody's Talking About Jamie, a, a drag musical. I don't know if you've heard about that one. I have not. So everybody's Talking About Jamie. It's... um based on a BBC free documentary called Jamie, uh, Drag Queen at 16. So it was this uh, lad in the northeast of England who wanted to go to his school's end of year prom um, in drag. Um, yes, Because okay. his ambition to become a, a drag queen. Um, I can't remember his drag name. Um, it's Fifi something. I can't remember uh, Fifi's uh, surname. Uh, but now he's a drag queen and they made a musical about his uh, about his story. How cool! Um, so yeah. Oh, and I've seen Rocky Horror. I've seen Rocky Horror show as a theatre kind of live broadcast as well at the cinema. Nice. But I've seen Rocky Horror multiple, multiple times. <laughs> but uh, this was a new one. So this is a sort of a musical, but also more sort of a celebration um, and slight poking of fun, poking fun at our contest that we love. Yes. So, what did you think of this? I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's, I would say, um, a way to look at it, maybe not so much as a pastiche of Eurovision Song Contest, because they can only do so much with the venues that they have. They mm-hmm. can't go the whole hog on production values that Eurovision can, right. obviously. There were no hamster wheels. There were no hamster production. wheels. <laughs> I kind of would look at it, and I was if I was recommending to anyone, sort of going in the mindset, obviously, it's a pastiche of Eurovision. Maybe think of it like as a national selection process. Sure, yes. It like if you sort of think of it on a scale like, you know, when we've had like a Eurovision you decide in the UK, it's been in a theatre beforehand. Before yeah. before now even. So um I would say it was on that sort of scale, but it was really enjoyable and I did laugh pretty hard at times. Did you? Yeah. I did. Yeah, I thought that this was really fun. It was silly and it was fun. It was not what I expected. And I think that that ha- probably has more to do with me than it does with uh, with 
Eurobeat. Uh, so I knew that what I was going to be watching was sort of a parody of Eurovision, but I didn't realize that there was no plot. I still thought that it would be musical theater instead of sort of just a, um, as, essentially it was the contest, yes. but uh, in a much smaller, more theatrical way with some tongue in cheek, um, you know, mocking in a love, love, peace, peace sort of way, um, you know, good naturedly mocking the contest. But I still thought that there was going to be characters who we would be seeing like with dialogue in between songs. Maybe we got to see like drama in the green room behind the scenes or something. That would have been, that would have been really a, a really good touch. Like just to make it feel a bit more Eurovision. Um, yeah. Just to bring in a few more of the elements. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kept waiting, right. For like the, the story to begin. I was expecting that we were going to, you know, see more of a story rather than it be, you know, straight up just song after song after song, some, uh, you know, host and, um, you know, like dialogue in between in sort of the pseudo postcard type representation. Um, so yeah, not what I was expecting, although I thought I did think that it was fun and silly. There were a couple of songs that I thought they did a particularly good job of kind of like, making good-natured fun especially the uh (laughs) the guy with the guitar from portugal that (laughs) hit close to home because that's the one i always vote for (laughs) i did think that might be your favorite of the night it was not my favorite (laughs) but it it was my number two and i did think that that was my favorite uh parody song because some of them some of them were a little more serious than others the the songs some were less tongue-in-cheek i mean yeah so you said it was your number two. We haven't discussed this. Have you ranked the songs? I have not ranked the you songs, <laughs> but I did I did vote. You did. So, yes. So what I really enjoyed, what I thought that like, so um, I've talked a little bit about how it wasn't exactly what I was expecting in the, um, you know, maybe less positive aspect. Um, but then it also wasn't what I was expecting in a very positive way, which was I did not expect this to be an interactive experience. And I think that's so fun yeah. that we get to vote and then see who the winner is at a later date. On, on the uh, 14th of May. Um, so just a, f- a couple of days after this episode will come out. Um, yeah, so uh, this this episode comes out on the 11th of May. Very very close to today, we're recording on the 9th, so we don't know who wins at the moment. It's all a right. mystery. Uh, can, I mean, so so yes, this was a, a 10 performance show. We had, um, you know, representation, like in quotations, of course, from 10 <laughs> different countries. Um, some of the songs were silly. Some of the songs were like legitimately catchy. Um, we had, uh, you know, a funny host. And then we got to vote at the end on which one we, which one was our favorite. So, um, what did you vote for, Chris? Well, I, I have to be honest. So I, I did rank them, and I've got to be honest. It's hard to rank them when it's a mu- it's basically a musical theatre experience, right? All the songs are of a decent quality, of a standard quality. Yes, but I did I did have favorites, and I did kind of order them in sort of you know which I, you know, somewhat I felt were more Eurovisiony. Yeah. Uh, some I sort of just was like I really like this song. It really slaps. So, okay, let's let's discuss. My favorite song isn't the one that I voted for. 
Oh. Yeah. So the song that I enjoyed the most, as just on a music basis, was uh, the song representing the Vatican City from Mother Morag with Good Girl. It was like full on Sister Act energy. Like Sister Act is one of my all time favorite films. I loved this. It is the one I voted for. <laughs> is it? It was. Yes. It was so campy. The tearaway dress was very uh, books fizz Eurovision. That'll be a reference you won't know because we haven't covered that year yet. <laughs> it's my favorite song, but I just couldn't vote for it because it felt like it was pulled from the wrong musical. Yeah, I mean, so one thing that I will say, uh, yeah, I agree, is that the songs felt to be quite disjointed. And I mean, I guess like in Eurovision, the songs are are all over the place, too. Yeah, but like, um, I would agree that uh, some of these were very love, love, peace, peace level of like tongue in cheek mocking Eurovision. And then we had like the very, very musical theater United Kingdom Oh, uh, yeah. Like, where did that come from? That was the one where it was sort of a cougar, an old lady and like her kept younger man or something. Yeah. Like, the energy um, was very weird in that one. The, the weird energy. Yeah. And then this one that was just legitimately such a good song, but like came out of nowhere. Um, so, I mean, like it kept you on your toes. That's yeah. you didn't know what was coming. So, like I say, my favorite song is a song that I would like to go see. But it just felt like I was watching the West End version of Sister Act and it was like it was very much that style which I think they knew they were doing that oh yeah it was because like Sister Act of course is based on sort of a like a Motown Motown sounds um, yeah yes uh, like sort of era and vibe of music and this had very much that same uh, sound yeah I I I voted for Ukraine Anichka played by Tia (laughs) Coffee with Bang Me that was just so so Eurovision. <laughs> that it was really silly. It was really fun. Um, I loved Tia Coffee. I thought she did a great job. She can um, sing. So yes, she can sing. I am not. Uh, it, like if we had done our uh, guessing of which would be your favorite, uh, this is what I would have guessed for you. You you. Let's say you weren't wrong, because it was the one I voted for. Even though it was my favourite of the songs, is the one I was yeah. like, that's the one I want to win the contest. Sure. Um, that is That song was basically what I wanted from the Ruru Vision episode of Drag Race UK. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that was like... more nods to Eurovision. Them. It was silly. It was fun. It was camp. And it was like, I mean, so the song uh, was Bang Me, right? Bang Me. Bang Me. Bang me. <laughs> Which it, obviously... It, I, I love like, Luke hit on me like a timpani. Yeah, like, so it was um, not, you know, uh, a, a serious, uh, dramatic entry. It was, like, purposefully silly and fun and double entendres abound. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, so, such a good song. Um, I, I also... Um, one of my notes is like, this is supposed to be a pastiche of Eurovision. This is just a song from Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that there were actually a couple of songs that let absolutely could have been on Eurovision. I think Sweden's was like... I was like, going to say, can we talk about Sweden? Yeah. that like, I mean, like, I could have seen that on the Eurovision stage. I, I think for Tia Coffee with um, play, playing uh, Anichka from the Ukraine, that was very much... Um, pulling from the Ruslana wild dances side of Eurovision. Again, 
a reference you won't know because uh, you haven't <laughs> seen that Eurovision. But uh, Sweden, so they had the character Astrid with Semaphore of Love. And that was just like basically ripping off Loreen with Euphoria. Oh, yeah. Because like from that, her being barefoot, having that one male dancer dancing around her, it was just <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, like, it felt familiar to me. It just, like, I was like, okay, this is 100% a Eurovision song. <laughs> and they also had that, uh, 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 moment. That was very, very sort of Eurovision classic vocal yes. tricks. Yeah. So we had those songs that really could legitimately just be on Eurovision. And then we had, like, the UK. Ireland. <laughs> Oh God, yes. Okay, so like, um, so first Ireland um, with uh, Shameless oh, with Diddly D. Diddly D. Yeah, <laughs> and then we had um, let's see, Portugal guy with a guitar. Yep. I mean, those were ones that was just like a straight up. This is what you get from an Ireland song, Diddly D. Classic instruments, Diddly D. You know, like it was very like. It was just so, a funny so for, take. So for Ireland, in my arbitrary ranking, so I'd say the, the st- songs are all of somewhat decent standard because, you know, they've been written with a show in mind rather than a contest in mind. Mm-hmm. So even the songs I, I like the least aren't songs that I dislike. They're just songs that I'm like, yeah, that's okay. If I was ranking this as a Eurovision show, I, it would be in my bottom. But as a sort of, you know, theatrical experience, I can't be too harsh. I mean, Yeah, this diddly is why day, I found it... I found it impossible to sort of rank them because, like I said before, I mean, they were all over the place. So these very, you know, um, comedic, uh, love, love, peace, peace, making fun of, in a good way, tr- nature way, what a Eurovision song would be like versus Sweden's, which was like just a legitimate song. Banger. And it was reminiscent of Eurovision songs, but it wasn't trying to be a comedic, it wasn't you know, taking like... It wasn't taking the piss, exactly. And so, like, I couldn't compare them. I I felt it hard to rank in, a, you know, best to worst because they were not even in the same yeah. category. I mean, I think Ireland's song made me laugh the hardest of the entire show. I mean, just yeah. things like miming the penny flute and getting the timing wrong on it. Um, yeah, that was good. <laughs> the mic stand being stuck and he's just like, mm, just sort of crouched down with the mic stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, just visual gags constantly falling over and then that river dance moment so you're aware of you're not seen a eurovision where river dance comes from but you're aware that you you're aware of river dance aren't you yes yes so it does uh it did come from a interval act in a eurovision song song contest uh in ireland so it's okay. a, it is a eurovision thing as river dance obviously irish dancing but the show river dance is because of eurovision Really? Yes. Like Lord of the Dance, it all stemmed from yep. Eurovision. What? from an Eurovision interval act. So I mean, when they went- I feel like that's that's like ABBA level, uh, you know, like <laughs> pedigree coming from yeah. Eurovision. The but- invent that, like, they brought us ABBA, they brought us Riverdance, Eurovision. You keep on giving. I just love that they went from like the aspect ratio change to sort of zoom in. <laughs> and cut out the feet for the river dance moment, and then it like, was, and good. then showing some other feet. Like this is definitely him. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like, that was silly. Really funny trick that they couldn't have done in a theatre because they would have had to have him actually do it. But that's something you can do with the magic of doing it um, in like a streamed, televised, videoed, recorded event. 
You can't yeah. cut out someone's feet on stage. Um, but yeah, you can that's there. so true. It, you get the benefit of, I mean, like you, there are definitely things that you might be missing when it's not a true live experience and you're in the theater, but you're right. There are some benefits too. You don't get to have like a sort of a special effect gag uh, in a live theater the way that you did here. Yeah. Um, now, I, the, the song I liked the least was the UK's, which to be fair, is accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that feels right in the way that we normally vote. Um, it was, I. it made me uncomfy. I didn't like it. For me, it was musically the song I enjoyed the least. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it, it didn't feel like a Eurovision pastiche. It felt- no, that it didn't feel like Eurovision anything. Like it was very um, campy musical theater. And I, I wasn't- No, no I'm- Howard kind of style. I don't know who that is, but I will take your word for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I wasn't uncomfortable because like, uh, you know, she's an older woman and he's a younger kept man. Like, I don't care. But um, what made me uncomfortable was the cringiness. Yeah. It, I felt it was a little cringe. Yeah. And like the weird spoken word bit at the start, you wouldn't get that in Eurovision. Yeah. You got and this the music is like- starts, you got three minutes to sing. Right, exactly. It just didn't feel Eurovision to me. And this is no um, criticism of the performers. I thought that they did, uh, they performed their roles very well. It was just that it felt out of uh, place for me. And um, I didn't love, I didn't love the song that much. No. Um, I think the last one really to talk about that's really of note would be Lithuania. So Idemus with This Is How We Dance. So when they, when the uh, songwriter wrote that, he was clearly watching the Root performance from last year. That, I mean, Lithuanian, the sort of dance with like the hands behind the head. Uh, the, the silly dancing, like the kind of straight face, but kind of quite a silly dance. It was just a Root song. I'm sorry. That was just a song from the Root. Really? Yeah. I think so. Um, I mean, I was thinking that it was kind of like the, like musically, not at all, but performance wise yeah. with the sweat, the brown, um, you know, sweatsuit and the very deliberately awkward, uh, you know, dance, dancing style and dance moves and whatever. I thought that they were doing a parody of like the think about things. I did actually note that there was a bit of a little big moment as well, like the um, like the legs sort of wobbling in moment dance. I don't know how to describe it. And also, yeah. I did put with some uh, think about things style dancing with the hands, kind of like flapping left and right. Right. There was a bit of that. So I, I think basically that was, whilst I think the main inspiration was the Roop, I think there was some, especially in the choreography, very deliberate in- influences from last year's Eurovision. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I thought that that was, you know, that was silly and fun. The deliberate awkwardness. I mean, like, that's kind of my level of comedy, <laughs> as long as it's not too secondhand embarrassing you, right? And this yeah, wasn't. I thought that it was just like delightfully weird. Yeah. De- and it was deliberately done like that. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the songs, I um, really enjoyed nine out of 10 of the songs. Nine out of 10 of those songs I would listen to again. Yeah. One yeah, I would choose I not thought- to. I thought it was really fun. And now, so I um, just looked on Twitter to see what people were saying about the show. And um, I was of the impression that this is not the first Eurobeat, you know, musical theater experience that has been done. Um, So Eurobeat pride of 
Europe, I think, is this one. But but have there been previous iterations? Right then, so my computer just crashed. So we're just uh, having to jump in from where we were, but we can't really remember. So we're going to go from where we think we were. Uh, we were talking about um, the origins of this show um, because you mentioned you'd read that it had sort of, this isn't the first time it's ever been done. Yeah, I was just, um, I was curious about what people were saying about the show on Twitter. And I got the impression from what people were saying that like, this is not the first Eurobeat that had been done. People were saying, been waiting a long time for another one of these. So um yeah, are you aware of of uh, whether there have been previous iterations of this show? Yeah, so it's it's previously been at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, so it's happened up there uh, a couple of times, I believe, and also um, way back when as a show called Almost Eurovision as well, which is kind of related to it. So yeah, oh, it's, it's um, been going in different sort of ways, but with different songs as well. These are all new songs for this iteration of the show. Right, yeah. And I mean, they should make this just an annual tradition, right? They could it. do and a then, new one every year. And then they could have me on the show. Seriously, people who make the yes. show, if you're listening to it, I can sing all right. I, I don't <laughs> mind I don't make, mind making a tit of myself on stage. I'm quite happy oh my about God. that. They should, okay, so they should take audition tapes and then they, like, they should have, it could, it, you know what, it'll just evolve into, like, uh, a second smaller Eurovision by the, by the end of it. Um, this needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But all in all, I would say that this is a uh, night of entertainment worth your time. Yeah. I thought it was fun and I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, and, like, there was aspects of Eurovision as well, so... We had like um, the mm, the flag ceremony. They even had a flag ceremony. <laughs> oh my god! I know. I was like, <laughs> I did know it. I was like, Chris is gonna love this. Even in theater, he gets the flag ceremony. Oh, I hate the bloody flag ceremony. Um, I, I, but I, I thought. I mean, at least this flag ceremony, we were getting like you know, we were we were getting faces. We, we were, were we were getting camp. Uh, you know, they were playing it up. Uh, you know, because the flag ceremony <laughs> is sometimes a little bit silly, and they know that, and they gave it to us. Really? So, and I, yeah. I love some like the, the sort of little funny one-liners. Like before it even starts, it says this show contains strobe lighting, strong language, and key changes. <laughs> ah, yes, the classic Eurovision key change. I, I think it's quite clear that the people who make this show are massive fans of the Eurovision Song Contest. That shows. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, and and um, the actor who plays um, uh, the actor who plays the host, who I can't remember the character's name, I know their drag name is All Aboard, so I do apologise uh, to that person. I can't remember <laughs> their, their real life name, our drag, and I can't remember their character's name, but a really entertaining host with funny bits in between songs. Um, yes, but yeah, I I I do agree. I would like more storyline if I had one gripe. But yeah, same. I, I think there's things that it's it feels like there's definitely room for that to go bigger and ha- have more to do, uh, especially when they go into a theatre because they could say, uh, thinking out loud, it, in a theatre sort of setting where they're going to have a different result every night, they could sort of have like the full points kind of come in from, you know, spokespersons 
And that could all be pre-recorded. And then there could be some elaborate yes. storyline where the, the votes are not valid, so we put it to a public vote from the audience. Right. And then make it Well, it would that be way. so fun. Like, I have been um, at theatre... Uh, well, I mean, not not a true theater experience, but like I, I was at a movie theater. Um, but uh, everybody logged into a website on their phones and then we voted for stuff on our phones live and yeah. they were able to put the results up on the screen almost immediately. So they could they could do this live once we're allowed to go in theaters again and the audience could vote right there and then and then they could announce the winner. That would be so fun. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to see this live if I'm not in it. But pr- first, first preference, come on, guys, give me a chance. I just want to perform on stage. You I get just, your audition ready. I just want get to be in a musical. Team. It's one of my life's ambitions. <laughs> one of them's already been met. I'm in a Eurovision song. That'll do for me. Okay, well, I mean, if they do this next year, you've got 12 months to, to prepare. Yeah. Let, get, get ready for audition time ne- this time next year. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, by the time this episode comes out, it won't be available anymore for streaming. However... Um, should they choose to re-release a stream, I do recommend it. You know, it's about fourteen pound. It's worth it for an evening's entertainment for an hour or two. Yeah. Um, and if they do it again in theaters in person, definitely go see it. I, I reckon it'd be even yes. more fun with other Eurovision fans enjoying the camp all night of it all. Yeah, I agree. Right then, so, um, this was like a a mini. Not quite bonus, but somewhat bonus episode, I think we can call it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So our next episode, we're discussing the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest. And then we've got Eurovision Week itself very soon. Oh, my God. The excitement. Yes. I can't wait. Um, I've already been in the online press area having a look uh, behind the scenes. It's all very exciting. Oh, my God. Our very own Chris is like a legitimate journalist at Eurovision <laughs> this year. It is very exciting. Yes, I'm going to get all of the like press pass uh, like uh, tidbits Indeed. right here on Think About Eurovision. Indeed. Um, so lots of stuff to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. Um, so uh, we're going to talk, finally uh, finish up talking about Drag Race. Um, but until next time, bye. Bye. La 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 it has been a long season. I enjoyed it immensely. It got off to a slow start, but I ended up really enjoying this season. But it does feel like 100 years ago that we started. <laughs> to, to quote Rose from the Titanic, it's been 84 years. <laughs> um, so what did you think of this fin- finale? Um, it's not what I wanted. Um Obviously, I did say I wanted Gottmik to win, but I would have been happy with um, uh, Rosé or Simone to win as long as Candy Muse didn't win. Not even as long as Candy Muse didn't win. I just could not see Candy Muse winning. And yeah. I think it would, if it wasn't for that fucking spinning wheel, yes. I think it would have come down to Gottmik versus Simone. And my heart wouldn't have been so heavy at Gottmik losing to Simone in the finale 
Yes, I agree. If it hadn't been uh, prior to that in the second of the Smackdowns. Because Simone won that lip sync hands down against Gottmik. She did, yes. I don't. I think that um, Got Got Mick has uh, so many talents, and she was my favorite as well. Simone was also very, very much up there uh, with Got Mick for me. But I think that um, the lip sync was never Got Mick's strongest no. uh, attribute. I think that we saw some of Got Mick's best work, if you will, in the runways uh, before the lip syncs. Uh, took place right we saw yeah. her fashion we saw her looks I mean there were looks and I think all of them really came out swinging with the um, uh, with the runways uh, before the lip syncs but um, yeah but I would agree when it come if it comes down to just the lip sync Simone won it yeah Simone won it hands down on the lip syncs but um, overall I would have given it to got Mick if it was based on everything but Ruth's decision report Ruth's decision only um, yes. It's just not what I would have wanted um, overall. I was hoping that we would maybe get to Simone versus uh, Got Mick and Got Mick getting that win. But I think in my heart of hearts, I knew it would have been a surprise win as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not mad at uh, Simone winning at all. Uh, I would have been happy with either Gut Mick. Uh, she was my favorite, but like either Gut Mick or Simone, I think was absolutely deserving of the win. I think that Rosé would then have been the third place and um, Candy Muse would have been fourth place in my opinion. So I agree that like the way that the um, the spinning wheel you know, puts them together, um, kind of creates this first, second, third, fourth place that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so if you're only looking at it a bit like who was the winner and ignore everything else, Simone won. I'm happy for her. I'm not mad at that. Um, but then if you're looking at this, these pairings to essentially, uh, determine who came in first, second, third, and fourth, and like that, it just, that's, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, because I mean, I can understand how Candy won in her lip sync against Rose because Rose was working with an injury, couldn't really dance about much, was kind of limited to what they could do. But it felt. What was her injury? A sprained ankle. Mm. So, um, wasn't able to do like many tricks. Um, but. Yes. When I say that, like, the Candy Muse would have been fourth place for me, I mean, in all of that, I'm talking about the whole season as a whole. If we're talking about the lip sync, I would agree that Candy Muse beat Rosé in that lip sync. Yeah, absolutely. But also, then we look look about the looks, like, Candy didn't look as polished as the other three in her lip syncs at all. Uh, Right, I agree. And although I thought that she looked as the best version of herself like i think that i think she looked gorgeous in uh, her lip sync and also in the runways ahead of time it was not at the same caliber in my opinion as the other three in terms of the looks that she turned out um so so yeah i mean like i don't want i don't want to turn this into like a candy muse shitting (laughs) you know so she did a fantastic job but i would agree that just like it didn't sort of end up the way that i wanted it to um the other thing is that like i i I completely understand that covid made uh some you know changes to our the usual format very necessary and this was a big step up from what we had last year i love that sort of drive-in kind of vibe they had that was really good 
I thought that that was such a great um, alternative to a live audience. Um, and uh, I just wish that there had been a little bit more um, s- sort of like, I wish that there was a screen in the theater so that the queens could hear the audience, um, the audience as well as the audience being able, you know, I just wish it went both ways because I do feel like having a crowd like amping them on it adds an element to performances and to the show that you don't get when they're performing to an empty theater i mean they could have also i mean in the seat they could have had rue michelle carson and ross they could have had at least the four main judging panel uh, members yes i think that would have been nice i think it would have been nice to have heard all of their opinions as well as just rue's right yeah yeah fair enough um, and then the, I mean, the other thing for me, and this is just a me thing, is that like, I, um, you know, I don't need quite as much uh, interview and, um, you know, recollection of the season and whatever. I don't need quite as, as much of that for it. me. <laughs> we just watched it. We've just, we just watched, watched it. it. We yeah. don't need a recap. So yeah, I would, I would spend a little less time there. Yeah. Um, I would also like something more than just free Britney songs. Because I love that they did Britney. I I I mean, if you're not a Britney fan, then I can understand <laughs> yeah. how that would be um, that that would be disappointing. Um, but I I mean, like this was this was a year for Britney Spears, and I think that like <laughs> RuPaul was acknowledging that in a in some way by you know highlighting her and uh, you know the kind of like legendary songs that she's brought. I mean, I one know. of those songs. <laughs> You only knew one? I only knew Work Bitch, and that's only because I know the title, Work Bitch, as well. I don't even know the song itself. Oh, no, I loved these. I was very excited to see these. I could probably hum two Britney songs. I could hum Toxic and Hit Me Baby One More Time. Oh, you're missing out, Chris. You're missing out. I find that so shocking. I know. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a little older than you, so uh, Britney was maybe more my more my time than yours. I mean, how, how old I would have been when uh, Britney first came out. I was at school. I was at high school, I think. But um, well, then yeah. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's your time too. I think it both. It's both our time. I think it's just because I was um, as she became really massive. I got into more into rock music at the time. So maybe yeah. it's just a case of what my tastes were um, when she was at her height. Fair enough. Um, and also, uh, I was surprised by the winner of Miss Congeniality. La La Ree. Yes. Okay. I have thoughts on this. I thought it was Olivia Lux is in the bag. Uh, but what are your so thoughts? The, here are my thoughts. Is that like things changed with Valentina. Remember? Yes. So like before Valentina was the Miss Congeniality um, for her season and all seasons before that, Miss Congeniality was voted by the public. Yes. And after Valentina, there was a change made that Miss Congeniality is voted by the, the queens. The queens, yeah. And I, I think that like, fair enough. I think that um, having Miss Congeniality voted by the queens is maybe more appropriate because given, you know, the what happened with Valentina where I I was <coughs> of the favorite. impression... <laughs> Yeah, she, her, you know, like she was voted the because she was a fan favorite and not because she was truly Miss Congeniality is why I don't I don't know the circumstances behind the change in voting. But like, that's the impression that I have. So I think that if fans were voting, they would probably have voted for Olivia Lux because we really got her, you know, constant uh, niceness. 
constant niceness. Her edit was showing all niceness and whatever. Well, we didn't see behind the scenes. We didn't see the relationships formed. We didn't, you know, and so Lala Reed to us maybe wasn't the obvious choice. But with, with the Queen's voting, I think that like, you know, that's probably a truer reflection of who the actual miscongeniality was. Um, so that was, so it was a surprise to me too, though. Yeah, I mean, one thing Sarah mentioned to me is that, that constant, may I ask a question, would have been yeah. really grating on the <laughs> Queen's. A, gets annoying, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I'm I'm very happy for Lala Ree. I'm also very happy that they all got a little something. I think it was like, L'Oreal or something who gave all the queens a $2,500 just just because. Yeah. So, you know, so everybody, everyone went home a little bit of a winner. Everyone went home with more money in the bank than the winner of Drag Race UK. Oh, that's <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> and Drag Race UK at least got something that was more than a pink fluffy dress. Drag Race Holland. Oh, those curtains. <laughs> Oh man! Apparently, apparently, word on the street is that the um, when I was talking to um, uh, one of the podcasters from the Dinga Dong uh, Eurovision podcast, who also does a drag race podcast uh, in in the Netherlands, he mentioned that um, it was much better when it was worn by her. Like it looks so much better when she wore oh, the dress. Good. Yeah, <laughs> at least that's her. something. Yeah, and yeah, apparently when it's on a human rather than a mannequin it looks a lot better that is good that's good um okay well another season of drag race in the bag i enjoyed it immensely um there is no shortage of drag race to uh to be watched i i don't think drag race down under is on right now but i think we're gonna take a little uh pause from drag race talk for the moment are we i, I think so yes um i've watched the first two episodes of drag race down under it's interesting and i'll leave it at that <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure Drag Race Talk will be back in the podcast before you know it because, like, there's all stars, there's international all stars. I mean, there's, there's another no series of UK. Shortage. Yes, the, yes. The third series of Drag Race UK. So there's, there's, there's three series. Series is that the word? There's three more seasons already in the can that I know of. Right, yeah. Um, so we'll have that to look forward to in the near future. And Drag Race Canada, that's coming back. Right. <laughs> there is a LaRuPaul in, I mean, like, um, you know, the uh, Chris Jenner saying where it's like uh, the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. I feel like you should throw <laughs> RuPaul in that mix, too, because, I mean, she doesn't sleep. No. Right then. Until next time. Bye. Bye. La 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 la